It didn't take long. And now that the head coach and the offensive coordinator are in place, we're going to start to turn our attention towards the future of the quarterback position in Washington. That and more on today's mailbag episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to this mailbag episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you are listening to this podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders and sign up today to be an insider. You'll get news analysis one-on-one conversations with me via text message, no hashtags, apps, or filters needed. And you get bonus content like weekly command huddles, live texts from practices, games, press conferences, and events. And coming soon, we're going to be starting our film study series as well. Got a little bit of Caleb Williams studying done just today. So there's a lot of cool stuff coming up that goes beyond the show. So become a Locked On Commanders Insider jointsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders to text me. David Harrison, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate all the everydayers for your continued support for the program. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL in all lowercase to get a first deposit match up to $100. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, We're talking about scouting staffs, draft uh, projections, and we're going to be talking about a lot of quarterback opportunities, potential uh, pathways that the Washington Commanders can take. And we're going to start off with the future of quarterback Sam Howell in Washington with Dan Quinn as the head coach and Cliff Kingsbury as the offensive coordinator. This question coming to us from YouTube by XD Baker, who asks, why isn't it possible that Howell could be the guy? The offensive line was bad. The offensive scheme was bad. What could he do with a better line? How do you feel about trading back, but not out of the top 10? So this is a very multi-layered question uh, from XD Baker. So appreciate the question. And, and, and in typical commander fan fashion, it's a very, very nuanced question that we're going to turn into a quite bit of a conversation here. So bear with me, but Here's, here's the first answer to the question. It is possible that Sam Howell could still be the guy for this franchise if given the opportunity to compete, but the team cannot enter this season responsibly, in my opinion, without a quarterback competition minimum. And, and there is an opportunity, there, there is a, a window here or a pathway here where this new regime leading the Washington Commanders doesn't even truly give Sam Howell the opportunity to compete, depending on how they see him, depending on how they saw last season go down. That all is obviously going to uh, factor into it. Their their conversations with him potentially as well will all factor factor into it. But Sam Howell certainly had some young quarterback issues in 2023. Second year in the NFL, first year as a starting quarterback, first year getting any real play time. Uh, but he, you know, we saw some of those typical young quarterback habits. He held the ball too long at times, took too many unnecessary hits. Some of them holding the ball, leading to sacks. Some of them as he's running, taking hits that he shouldn't be taking. Uh, and we definitely saw some inaccuracy under pressure. You know, and you know, accuracy tends to get, uh, you know, diminish a little bit when you're under pressure as a quarterback. But younger quarterbacks tend to diminish a little bit more than your veteran quarterbacks, and we certainly saw that with Sam Howell as well. And that's not just pressure from the pass rushers; also pressure on the scoreboard, pressure on the season, pressure in the win loss column, 
all of those things, things that every young quarterback does to differing levels and things that take a lot of reps to really get better at and resolve. But there were some issues that amplified those young quarterback tendencies as well that were pointed out in the question as well. Poor protection and a fixation on throwing the ball, exposing how to unnecessary contact opportunities for negative plays and quite simply making it easier for opposing defenses to really defend him, which just complicates things. Uh, things for a young quarterback. All that led to how leading the NFL in dropbacks by 35 uh, over the second place person. That's a full game's worth and even 35 passes in one single game is a fairly heavy uh, passing day. So really it could be considered more than one game's worth of pass attempts that he led the NFL by. Um, and that's despite being pulled from two games. I mean, he didn't even play the second half of one game this year. So the team that finished with the worst record in the league, the Carolina Panthers had Bryce Young drop back 90 times less than Sam Howell. So not even losing is really the explanation for why Sam Howell threw so much because nobody lost more than the Carolina Panthers. Yet Sam Howell threw the ball 90 more times than Bryce Young did uh, in that single season, both their first seasons starting in the NFL. But the end result of it, regardless, was Sam Howell hit a wall. You can call it the rookie wall, call it whatever you want. The dude hit a wall uh, and, and his play was very clearly impacted with everything going on around him. And it led to even more issues like desperate decision-making, uh, trying to play hero ball, leaving the pocket too early and being late on throws that require pinpoint timing, all signs of quarterback who quite simply doesn't trust the operation going on around him that he is trusted to execute. And that, no matter who's to blame, no matter what's to blame is the problem. You ended last season with a quarterback that doesn't trust the operation that wasn't playing on time. He wasn't playing efficiently. And quite honestly, he was seeing things that weren't there, not seeing things that were there. The reason players take such a big leap from year one to year two usually is because they go through a college season, all-star game, straight into the combine, straight into pro days, to the draft, and then you're playing in the NFL. Remember, these guys go from the draft to rookie minicamp in the blink of an eye. They get no time from college to the NFL to really stand back and look at the big picture until their first NFL offseason. For Sam, however, there wasn't a lot to really stand back and look at in his first NFL offseason because he only played the one game, meaning that this, last, this offseason is really his first one where he can step back digest a full season of what happened to him and really start to mentally repair from some of the damage, but also mentally grow from some of the experiences. So could Sam Howell grow in year three, year two as a starting quarterback? Absolutely. Could he grow exponentially? Absolutely. But Dan Quinn as the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury as the offensive coordinator are not going to know if he's going to be better, the same or worse than what you saw at the end of last season until he gets back on the field. There's just no way to know that you can assume some things, but that's a dangerous game to play because you have to understand that as much as he can get better from what he experienced, he can also get worse. Quarterbacks lose faith sometimes in what's going on around them. They lose faith in coaching. They lose faith in teammates. And if that happens, it can be really, really damaging. I saw it happen with Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay. He lost basically lost faith in coaching and really has not been able to get back uh, from that since then. When you look at the odds, there are three outcomes, right? I just said them. He can get better. He can stay the same. He can get worse. That's the only three ways for Sam Howell to go from the end of last season. Two of those three options are negative because you don't want him to stay the same. And if he gets worse, well, that's just a nightmare. So only one of the three options is better, which is why you cannot consider him the guy right now. And you can't consider him the guy this offseason. It's not just Howell. It's every NFL team. If you don't have an established guy, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, for example, you have to at least consider the quarterback option in the draft and in free agency. And the less established your starter is, the more you have to consider it. Jacoby Brissett is not under contract. 
Jake Fromm is not under contract. Sam Howell is the only quarterback. Not only is he your starting quarterback in 2024, if everything stands pat, he's the only quarterback. So you definitely have to consider it because you definitely don't have an established starter, which is why you're going to see a ton of speculation uh, on this show. You're going to see it on other shows. You're going to hear it from from fans like yourselves. You're going to hear it from other media members about the commanders drafting a quarterback at number two, because even if it's not all his fault, Sam Howell, the Sam Howell that finished the season cannot lead a franchise to where it needs to go. Just that's just plain and simple truth. Doesn't it's not about blame. It's about accepting where we are right now with this specific player in this specific position, because that's what the question is about. And you have to address roster construction based on what you know, not what you hope. You can hope the Sam Howell is going to get better. You can hope that the early development you saw from him last season becomes the further development in this season. You can hope all of those things, but you don't know if they're going to happen. And because of that, you have to address your roster with that knowledge at hand. It's not a punishment on Sam Howell because it's bigger than Sam Howell. This isn't about one person. You have to take care of the collective. Everybody in the organization, their mission is on winning a Super Bowl. And to blame him, don't blame him. Blame Eric Bieniemy. blame Ron Rivera. Doesn't matter who you want to blame for what happened with Sam Howell last season. The bottom line is the quarterback situation closing 2023 was not playoff worthy. It was not going to be playoff worthy and it will not be playoff worthy if that's what you get in 2024. Could it be better? Absolutely. But you don't know if it's going to be better. That's where the rubber meets the road. That being said, the idea that Washington trades out of number two isn't completely off the table yet either just because of the way Sam Howell finished last season. We'll get more into that part of this question on today's mailbag episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by DoorDash. Why root for your favorite team on an empty stomach? You wouldn't do it at the stadium, the arena. Don't do it at your house. Order on DoorDash and save on your football, basketball, baseball, hockey, watch party favorites. Whatever it is you're watching, DoorDash can help you out. You can get your pizza, your wings, sodas, burgers. Even if you just need buns, you got everything else, but you forgot the buns. Don't worry, DoorDash has got your back, and you can get it without missing a single moment of the game. Score your best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. All of your favorites in those categories are on the app, so you can shop everything you need to be game day ready. Or you can get prepared before game day, stock up on your favorite appetizers, order all your tailgate gear right on the DoorDash app, and then just get ready to watch your favorite team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and use the code LOCKED23. So again, download the DoorDash app, use the code LOCKED23, and, and as long as you spend at least $15 or more, you will get up to 50% off up to a $10 value using the DoorDash app. Subject to change, terms apply. This episode of Locked On Commanders is also brought to you by Prize Picks and Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because instead of battling thousands of other players, you're picking more than or less than on two to six player stats. And then it's just you against the numbers. It's your skill, your expertise in predicting what's going to happen against what actually happens. Prize Picks even offers a re reboot policy so that your entire entry stays in play even if one of your players gets hurt or leaves the game. For football and basketball games, if you have a player that exits in the first half, does not return in the second half, that player gets rebooted, which means they don't count against your ticket, but your entry is still active. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. That promo code 
locked on NFL, all lowercase at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. And you'll get a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. going to bring a lot dog to manage your first listener first view today and every day every dares thank you for coming through as you always do uh, on a daily basis locked on has also launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube locked on sports today is here for you 24 7 covering the top sports stories of the day with your local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every league so go to locked on sports today on youtube subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel we're wrapping up our first question of the mailbag episode today talking about the future of sam Howe, and there's an added part of this question about the possibility of trading out of number two in april's nfl draft but not outside of the top 10. so the thing about drafting a quarterback is it's not necessarily about getting the most popular name it's about getting the right player right and a lot of times the most popular name is the right player and even more important it's important to draft your guy not just draft a guy and we've seen that happen when you look at the tools that you want from an nfl quarterback right and that's really what we're talking about with this potential of trading out of number two but staying in the top 10. when we look at the tools that an nfl quarterback needs uh coming out of college in order to be drafted in the first round you typically have a list of things that you're you're absolutely looking for most scouts most decision makers are going to agree uh with this list and again people might have some nuances and this isn't exactly in the exact order that everybody's going to value it but typically you're looking for nfl arm strength the ability to extend plays, accuracy, poise under pressure. And that's not just pass rush. That's not just, you know, a linebacker's breathing down your neck. You can still get the ball away. It's what do you do when you're down big? What do you do when it's third and 16? What do you do when you're on a two-game losing streak, right? Poise under pressure. Uh, confidence and then leadership ability. Those six things really kind of develop. If you can get pluses in all six of those categories, you're probably going to get yourself a pretty solid quarterback, but not every quarterback is going to have those things. So you look at Sam Howell, for example. We just talked about him. I'd say he's got three of the six, you know what I mean? I'd say he's got the NFL arm strength. He's got the ability to extend. He's got good enough accuracy, poise under pressure. Again, earlier in the season, certainly saw it. Towards the end of the season, we didn't see it. Uh, confidence, I can't say that the, the Sam Howe that we saw finish the season was confident in leadership. I mean, look, if people are surprised that you're standing up addressing your teammates, you're probably not in, you know, displaying a whole lot of leadership. So really, you look at Sam Howe, he's at about three of the six. That's that's about 50%, which is part of, probably part of the reason that he slipped as far as he did in the NFL draft the year that he came out. So looking at the the rest of the, the group that you're probably talking about when you're talking about a top 10 draft pick this year, uh, confidence is the most fragile of those five. Uh, by the time you get to the NFL, you can't really be taught arm strength. There's some certain mechanics that you can do to get more out of your arm strength. But for the most part, that arm strength kind of needs to be there already. Uh, to a certain extent, you can teach extend extendability if you, as long as you have the athletic ability. But again, that athletic ability actually has to be there. Accuracy can be improved within reason. We've seen Josh Allen. I think he was probably the biggest example of a quarterback that wasn't all that accurate in Wyoming. But coming to the NFL, they did some things mechanically. They did some things with scheme. They've done some things to really help Josh Allen become a more uh, accurate quarterback. And then leadership. It might take some time for it to really take hold. But it's there from the start in some way, some way, shape, or form, even if it's not obvious or all that demonstrative. I go back to that James Winston uh, comparison or conversation. I was covering the Buccaneers when he got drafted in 2015, and it was interesting because that season, I remember, the Buccaneers kind of told him, like, look, dude, don't come out here thinking you have to lead everybody. Just play football. By midseason, he was the leader anyway because that dude is just – that's what he does. He leads people uh, whether you like him to or not. So let's look at the first-round quarterback possibilities 
in the NFL draft season, according to Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 prospects. You're looking at Caleb May out of USC. These are all quarterbacks. Caleb May out of USC, Drake May out of North Carolina, Jane Daniels out of LSU by way of Arizona State, Bo Nix out of Oregon, J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan, Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington. So leadership and confidence, something that's hard to evaluate from where we stand as fans and media. So the question is, how do you evaluate the rest? Arm strength, extendability, accuracy, poison under pressure to put them in the realm of being first round picks. All six of these guys, I think to me, at least in the initial evaluations, again, we haven't gone, we haven't gone deep into every one of these guys, but on the surface, they all seem to have plus grades in each of those areas that can be fully evaluated on tape. Now they have those pluses in varying degrees, right? Like some of them are more athletic than the others. Some of them have better arm strength than the others, but they all have adequate enough of all of those matters that you can measure, which really gives you any of these six guys that you can possibly say, is he worth a first round pick? Potentially. Is he worth a top 10 pick? That's different. But if he's worth a first round pick, you can make the case for every single one of these guys. Now, Four or five of these guys are realistically expected to go on day one of this year's NFL draft. So trading back isn't a simple one-for-one one one scenario where, well, we trade out a number two, that's not a quarterback being taken there. No, because if you're trading out a number two, you're doing it to a team that's going to take a quarterback. Why? Because the team that's going to take a quarterback, they're going to pay you more for that draft pick. So you're going to take that from them, and that means a quarterback is gone. So if the Chicago Bears pick or trade out, you're probably looking at a quarterback. If the Washington Commanders pick or trade out, you're probably looking at a quarterback. So one and two, you're both looking at quarterbacks. Even number three, leaving New England there at number three, you're probably looking at a quarterback. So it's possible that if you trade out a number two, by the time you come back on the clock, at least Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jane Daniels, maybe in that order, maybe not, but those three guys probably gone off the board. So if you trade out a number two, to a team that takes quarterback is not New England, then you're probably going beyond six, right? Because Arizona and the Chargers are not trading up to number two for a quarterback. Uh, and if you're not trading with the Giants for them to take a quarterback, because that's a PR nightmare that's going to live uh, for potentially 20 years if you do if you mess that up. So you're probably looking at the earliest number seven. Realistically, you're looking number eight to the Atlanta Falcons. So they come up to number two. You fall back to number eight. But now there's the potential that not only do the Falcons take a quarterback, but maybe the Giants also take a quarterback. And that's four quarterbacks off the board by the time you get on the clock at number eight. And now you're looking at J.J. McCarthy and or Bo Nix or Michael Penix Jr. J.J. McCarthy, I'm pretty sure will be there. Bo Nix or Michael Penix Jr. would be the wild card on which one is still there. If you're picking between McCarthy and Nix, I think you put Nix uh, ahead of both of those guys. So personally, I think J.J. McCarthy is the slam dunk to be there on the board at number eight. Well, that leaves your options as McCarthy, Nix, you know, slash Penix, Sam Howell, and potentially a veteran. But if you're going to bring that veteran option in, if you know going into the process that so you might trade back, you got to get that veteran early in free agency. You can't wait until after the draft because you're not going to get a starting caliber potential veteran without completely tipping your hand. The free agents that do that, Jacoby Brissett and Kirk Cousins. Jacoby Brissett, because he's already been in the franchise, Josh Harris obviously has experience with them. The coaching staff, front office staff that remains has experience with them. So they can say, hey, he's been a really good dude. So we want to keep him around. He's really good for the room. And you don't have to put a lot of hype behind it. Kirk Cousins is a guy who come in. And I think you pretty much expect him to start right off the bat, but he's not going to be thought of as your long-term answer. So you could still draft a quarterback, but don't have to at number two. So again, you can still keep the smoke screen up, but bring in the veteran uh, option. So outside of trading back to number three alone, trading back further, even without getting outside the top 10, does pose some risk on who's going to be available and potential pitfalls. Because if you love this guy, he may not be there unless you love J.J. Like if you love J.J. McCarthy's upside, 
You trade back to number eight, you get JJ probably reaching on him, but you, you reach on him, but you already have a succession plan in place and you get extra draft capital that makes it easier to swallow that pill. So look, a lot of options, right? That's, that's basically the point here is there's a lot of options for the Washington commander. So for those out there who are like, nah, man, no way, no way they, they pass on this guy. No way they do this. No way they do that. Trust me. There's a way that they do every single one of these things gives you uh, to me, for me, I think you go the veteran, you go the rookie and you keep Powell. It gives you three bites at the apple. One of those three guys is probably going to pan out to be your best option. And one of those three guys, if you have a true competition, can probably become a leader for your franchise for at least a couple of seasons, if not longer. Um, and if you do draft a first round quarterback, having a guy like Kirk Cousins lets you take some of the pressure off, making him a starter right away. Uh, and then best case scenario, all three of those guys ball out in the preseason, come trade uh, trade deadline. You have a guy that you can flip uh, somewhere else. You get some draft capital back and you still have two serviceable quarterbacks on your roster. Speaking of draft, we've got a couple of NFL draft questions coming up next on today's mailbag episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get things off of our chest. Something Sometimes they're big things. Sometimes they're small things. Certain things can just really kind of start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. Maybe getting stuck in traffic bothers us more than it should. Maybe getting pickles when we ask for no pickles ruins our day instead of that moment. Or any of the other things about daily life that should be small annoyances sometimes turn into major reactions. It could be a sign that we need to talk some things out with someone unbiased enough to help us get to the root of what's really bothering us and therapy can help you with that. But therapy can be different for everybody. So most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team. What did or didn't come on our sandwich or burger? And it's important, though, if it bothers you, get it off your chest every once in a while. It can help you out. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited for your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. up now on today's episode of Locked On Commanders and we had one question take up the first two segments of the today's episode that's I mean that's that's what one question can do guys it, it un, 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 uncovers a lot of layers that we have to address so great question there we're gonna move on now insider Robert sent in a question and said one thing that Adam Peters said on uh, Monday at, at the Dan Quinn introductory press conference that bothered Robert is they said they're bringing most of their scouts back front office personnel coming back and in Robert's opinion uh, that's, it, that's part of what's caused so many problems with Washington is bringing back all the scouts, bringing back all the decision makers. He would like to see Peters bring in at least five or six scouts from San Francisco, uh, and, and kind of repeat some of the success that Bobby Beathard had, who hired some of the best scouts in the NFL and that the franchise ever had and created championships out of it. And here's, here's what I will say when it comes to the prospect or the idea of keeping all the scouts in place, keeping, you know, the, the front office personnel in place. For one, what we don't know is how much Adam Peters tried to bring people with him, right? Because that's a pretty common thing to do is bring people with you. Remember, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, like, that's a pretty good organization. They're running things pretty well. They've got some good, you know, uh, they've got some good loyalty and all that stuff. And, you know, unless you're bringing a scout in to be to get a promotion, like that's typically how people follow each other is for a promotion. Like you're not going to get a San Francisco scout to come to Washington and just be a scout for, for Washington. 
most likely because that's a pretty good situation you're asking them to leave that's just going to be pretty rare uh most of the time so i think what's important to understand though too is what we don't know is we don't know what the scouts were telling the coaches the gms the decision makers all these years and what the coaches gms decision makers were doing right when you go back to dwayne haskins and may rest in peace and, and not to talk ill of the dead but what were the scouts telling the decision makers and dan snyder uh, about Dwayne Haskins from a scouting perspective, and then Dan Snyder ultimately makes the decision anyway. And that's a pretty drastic example, but it's just an example that sometimes what the scouts are saying, like you would love to think scouts say this, you trust that, you run with it, but that's not how the real world works. We've all worked for people where we say, hey, look, in my professional expertise opinion, here's the here's the truth, here's the here's the raw data. And that person says, yeah, I appreciate it. I'm going to go this other direction anyway. You sit back, you're like, okay, bozo, but that's not the right way to go. And then you watch them go down in flames and sometimes they try to put the blame back on you, but sometimes they eat it. Sometimes it doesn't work. And in this situation, we don't truly know what each scout has been telling people. So I, I kind of hesitate to put any blame on them, but here's what I'll tell you. A scout's job is to gather info, right? Bottom line, scout's job is not to make the decision. The scout's job is not to form the roster. The scout's job is to gather the information to empower the decision makers to make the best decision possible. Uh, but at the end of the day, those decision makers also watch film too. And Adam Peters, he might get a report from the scouts that says, Hey, Drake may, you know, not good enough athletically to fit our scheme. And he goes, nah, I think he's good enough. And Dan Quinn says, yeah, I think he's good enough. And Cliff Kingsbury says, yeah, I think he's good enough. And so they draft him and the scouts are like, all right, we told you it wouldn't work. And then if it doesn't work, we media and fans on the outside will be like, Oh, what's wrong with the scouting department? Well, we don't know what the scouts said. Right. So that's important to remember. They're, they're gatherers of info. And at the end of the day, it's on the hunters of talent to go hunt the talent. So that's just kind of what I'll put that. So, so it doesn't concern me that they're keeping the scouts only because it can't concern me because I don't know what the scouts are saying. Like if I could read all the scouting reports and be like, y'all said, what about Jamin Davis? Y'all said, what about Emmanuel Forbes? Y'all said, what about Jahan Dotson? Good, bad, or indifferent and measured against what actually happened without being able to do that, I can't sit here with integrity and tell you that the scouts are flawed. Obviously the process has been flawed, but if the process is being fixed internally with these new hires, then hopefully again, you have to trust the, uh, the information that's being gathered. So uh, it's not a foolproof answer, uh, but hopefully it gives you at least a little bit more calmness about uh, the scouts that are brought in. Um, and I will also tell you right now that the scouting world, they all talk like uh, that's one of the best things about going to Mobile, Alabama every year is you meet a lot of scouts and I've sat at a table with multiple scouts from different teams and we're all talking ball and don't, and guys, they're talking to me and they're asking me my opinion. And I'm telling them my opinion. Sometimes they're like, Oh yeah, that's a good point. And sometimes they're like, well, hold up here. Here's what it's, it's just, it's just people talking football. Right. But they're talking to each other. So it's not like, it, you know, don't be wrong. It's not like an open book or anything. There's still secrets and all that stuff. We still keep things or do I say we, but the scouts still keep things close to the chest. So it's not like it's just a free flow of information, but um, I will tell you that, you know, the scouting community, they talk, they see each other on the road and and things like that. And they share information as well. So um, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. We got another YouTube question uh, about scouting, about Graham Barton, offensive lineman out of Duke. Uh, and he basically asked if I see Graham Barton as a guard or a center. Uh, here's what I'll tell you. Played tackle at Duke and he's being listed on a lot of mock draft simulators as a tackle. So if you see him there, don't be surprised. But he is being projected to move inside in the net in the NFL Bottom line is he's got good size for an offensive line, but he doesn't have the arm length. And I mean, he, I mean, he doesn't have the arm length as in like every college defensive end that he played was getting into his body. So NFL defensive ends are going to be a nightmare for him. Uh, he's got solid anchor ability, but I think he would benefit from playing in the interior where he doesn't have to secure an entire open end 
on his own. Um, and he's projected to play center by Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com. So um, I haven't studied him enough to say that I think he's boom. He's a center and only or a guard only, but certainly a guy that you can come, you can bring in. If the commanders were to bring him in with say a Ricky Stromberg. And I think you need to move brain Daniels from tackle back inside the guard and Sam Cosme. That gives you four guys there. You kind of go to battle and Graham Barton, I think is a top 40 player on Daniel Jeremiah's board. So if he's sitting there in the second round, you take him and you have an interior offensive lineman that you can kind of put in the mix and see who your best five is. So good question there. Good information. Uh, hopefully for everybody coming up tomorrow, we're going to take a deeper dive into the Dan Quinn introductory press conference. Yesterday's episode, I gave you guys my favorite part of it and why, but we're going to go over some more because we talked to that group for about an hour. So we, we had a lot of things to cover. We're going to go over more of that. And what, what he said could lead us to uh, expect this season. In the meantime, if you've got additional questions or comments, Throw them in the YouTube comment section or send them to me directly by becoming a Locked On Commanders Insider at joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. Don't forget, Locked On has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. So go to Locked On Sports today to get that 24-7 sports coverage from the Locked On Network. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 